Hello, everybody, and welcome to another This Week in Baseball episode presented by Diamond Digest. This will be our League Division Series recap. And you know what? I'm just going to start off and be pretty honest. I didn't think we were going to record this week. Um, <laughs> our, our crew has been mostly Dodgers Digest for the past couple weeks on these things, and uh, I assumed the, t- the team and their fans would still be in mourning, but we're here. We're doing this thing. Joseph Tavi James doing it once again. Representing Dodgers Digest a little bit more somber than last week uh, as we do this recap. But we've got another set of four series to recap. Well, technically like three and a half since as we're recording this, we still don't have a winner uh, between the Guardians and the Yankees. That game will take place today as you're listening to this, actually, like, three, four hours from when you're listening to this. So we'll talk a little bit about that series and kind of what it means for Houston on either side, but let's just rip off the Band-Aid. We'll start in the National League. We'll start with Dodgers-Padres. I I assume this will kind of be such a a little bit of a therapy session for the three of you, so I'll let you guys just get going. I think the obvious thing is not too many expected this Seriously, go the way it did. No, I will be the first one to eat that pie. Um, because it, I honestly thought they were going to plow through the Padres, um, because they have all year. And I think if the 101 team win team had shown up, they would have. Uh, I don't know what this team was, honestly. Nobody seemed Mookie seemed absent. Uh, Hans Alberto was absent, even though they said he could be in the dugout, he was not in the dugout. Um, or at least for the last two games, for sure. Uh, I think locking out Dodger, Dodger fans worked. Uh, fuck them for doing that. Honestly, that's really, really terrible. Um, I get wanting your own fans there, but especially because the cities are so close, that's really a really crappy thing to do. Um, and I think it showed. And I think it showed how important Dodger fans are to the team. But also vibes were just way off i know that sounds really dumb but like all the intangibles were just in the fucking garbage can um and this whole team like it was not fun to watch even when they were ahead they were not fun to watch so you know these aren't excuses i think these are reasons um just really 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 disappointing after a great year and maybe you know, being on top all season is the worst way to try and win a World Series because it hasn't worked out for the 100-plus wins teams quite too, too too terribly often. I I first want to say um, a sincere thank you to my girlfriend because as Game 4 and that seventh inning was happening, she saw that I was getting a little more stressed out. I was slowly coming undone and was just silent and she really tried to comfort me but oh my god as someone who said when trying to be objective last week there is a world where the dodgers are would be going to aim for down 2-1 i still did not expect them to lose the way they did in game four because that is some of the worst bullpen management and hitting i have ever seen in my life I don't, there are no words to really describe what Dave did in that inning because, or even before that, like Anderson should have gone seven. Congratulations, we got Blake Snelled in this game. If you look at the interviews from the Padres fans, you pull Yancy Almonte after one pitch for Alex Vesio, who was not ready for the same lefty lefty BS that cost the Mariners game one of that division series. And you let Soto take second, basically uncontested. The man was doing the cha-cha slide to second now, base. Now he he was trying to draw. He was trying to draw mm-hmm. throws so that third can score. Like there's a, there's reasons yeah. to let him go to second. Um, but yes, it is a very he's an annoying little dancer sometimes. But <laughs> I mean, it was smart because it became a two-run game after the single that will haunt me for the rest of my life. Quite frankly. But it's still frustrating to watch in the moment knowing, like, okay, you better get this out here. And it wasn't even a bad pitch that Vesia threw. It was a culmination of 
the Padres believed at that point it was theirs, and we were just going through the motions at that point. And James, you actually have an article that's going to be out about an hour after this is published uh, regarding some of the decisions and some of the downfall, uh, especially in Game 4, because I, 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 I just edited it. You talked a lot about Game 4. Yeah, this is inexcusable. A few weeks ago on this very podcast, I said, "Hundred, uh, I've grown numb to 100 wins. Um. Because I still hate you for that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> if you're if you're the Dodgers, you exist in this World Series or bust expectation every year because you make so much goddamn money. You can just roll out the best team. It's the same with the Yankees and it's the same with the Red Sox. Every year they should be World Series contenders because it doesn't matter what the personnel is. They can afford to field the better teams. Baseball is rigged like that. It just is. And like I said, I don't care about 111 wins. I care about the 11 wins in the postseason. And they won one fucking game. Pardon my French. Um, This seventh inning is probably going to be similar. It's the replacement for the 10th inning of game five of the NLDS in 2019 where Howie Kendrick hit the grand slam off of Joe Kelly as probably the worst postseason inning I have ever experienced. I think everything else I said is in my article tomorrow. So, or today, I guess just a lot of anger, man. I, they look complacent. The Padres were not they complacent. Look, they looked defeated off the bat like no one was smiling no like that that dugout was not a dodger dugout and i don't know if it was because hanser wasn't there or just bad vibes all around and i i know like it's frustrating to talk intangibles but like with this team they're so good it comes down to those intangibles right like this team should have performed better than that and unless someone's hurt or unless someone is like dealing with now, now we are missing one thing. Uh, Will Smith did have a baby. Uh, his wife had a child. So I am going to give him every pass in the world. Right. That's one guy. though. I'm going to give him every, every, every pass in the world. Um, it's still was he it, catching it, it, game four. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He caught, he caught the game on the day, his first child too, which, you know, everyone loves their child equally, but the first one is usually, you know, so maybe that was it. Maybe that was enough. And maybe he was feeling weird pressure to who knows, who knows what it was, but like with a team that's this good with this much talent, with the way they have performed, um, it has to come down to intangibles at this point. Right. For me, I mean, like, I don't think Hanser Alberto being in the dugout would have saved anything. Kike Hernandez being in the dugout wouldn't have saved anything. You know what I mean? Like, once the momentum shifted, there's nothing you can do. You can't do stand-up comedy at a funeral and change the I mood don't know, that man. You haven't been to my family's funerals. Um, <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, uh, like, <laughs> they were, were bad in game two. And just going into San Diego, a place that is known as Dodger Stadium South in the regular season, and just hearing that environment and them preying on your downfall and it just compounding internally, that's kind of what did it. And no matter – once you're in a funk, no one can cheer you up out of it, unfortunately. That's why I just want to bring – Yeah. I'm just just still upset about the tickets. I'm still so upset about the tickets. They've done that for for NFC Championship games in Seattle, Los Angeles. They did that. That doesn't mean it's not bullshit there, too. In Colorado. (laughs) At least a quarter, at least half, like a quarter. Colorado. Two thirds, something. They did it in Denver 2012, I think. It's gross. It's gross no matter whose side it's on. Like, I mean, don't, don't do that. I think it's really gross. I'd be upset if Dodger Stadium did that. Um, Because. 
fans have the right to if they can afford the ticket if they can get the ticket they should be able to go and and the fact that they they did that is that any sport can do that to that extreme is really gross so where do the dodgers go from here what do you home (laughs) yes besides home like, you fire Dave Roberts and you fire no, Robert. No, 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 no. We are opening no. up a here. No. So the Will Smith is, is Will Smith's got a lot to take care of at home. It sounds like. Yeah. Okay, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you something here. So we all agree the 2015 Royals bullpen was phenomenal. Everyone says small ball and the bullpen won him that championship. Here's some stats for you. Edison Volquez pitched six innings in Game One. Johnny Cueto threw a complete game in game two. Ventura got lit up for five runs, only went three in the third. Chris Young was the opener and went four. And Volquez went six again in games five that clinched the series for the Royals. Do you know how many innings the highest starter went for the Dodgers? Five. You cannot win without having your starter pitch deep in the playoffs. You can't bullpen your way to this championship or else we'd be looking at the 11th straight Tampa Bay World Championship at this point. So you have to have your starter go deep, especially when Julio was under 80 pitches, Anderson was under 80 pitches, Kershaw was figuring it out, Gonsolin shouldn't have started Game 3. It's all on Dave Roberts. Like, he's the one making these decisions, and if he's not, the one who does needs to be fired. I mean, the Dodgers are so analytical. Do you really think it's strictly down to Dave Roberts in this That's in a this very moment? good point. That's not, that's not to dismiss Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts has, has – he is the winningest manager of all time. Of all time. Even back in the days of old Tungsten Armstand or whatever his name yeah. is, right? All mm-hmm. time. He's won the most games. So I just – have a really hard time trying to pin this on Dave Roberts when they are such an analytical team. And you know that he's got, he's got five coaches in his ear. He's got the front office in his ear the whole time. Now maybe he needs to learn to like, you know, give him the finger and do it in the moment. Cause in the moment he does make those decisions, but Dodgers have always kind of been run by committee, at least for the past couple of years. And Dave has been the figurehead that has held people together. Now, until I hear out of the clubhouse that that's different, that, that Dave Roberts is, is causing bad attitudes or causing all these things. I'm going to be, I'm going to be Dave hive for life. And, and I think trying trying to completely pin everything on him is just not fair and not an accurate view of the way the Dodgers are run. I said Robert Pantoy I think he fired too. It's not all on Robert. So yes, yeah, so James I'm not yelling specifically at you. There's a lot of people who have this who There's a lot of anger going on tonight. It's, and it's going to be okay. <laughs> the James process is wrong. Look Front office likes Dave Roberts. He'll never be fired from by Andrew Friedman. He doesn't manage with a feel for the game at all. He doesn't. Because he just does what the front office tells him to. It's infuriating. Because it allows... Like, I'm of the belief... And maybe I'm wrong for this, but I don't care. I'm of the belief that managers actually have an impact on the game. I know that's not the most sabermetrical belief since... It's all game planning from the front office and the manager and the coaching staff now. But at some point, you have to understand what's going on in the game. I mean, look at Kevin Cash. He will be ripped forever for pulling Blake Snell. That is the, I have, I am not having the feel of the game. Like, he's not making that decision because of the feel of the game. He's making that decision because someone told him, Hey, he's only going 18. I'm sick and fucking tired of this process of we're scripting this game out. You can't script this out. They've been trying to script postseason baseball for, what, eight years under Dave Roberts? They haven't won a World Series in a full season since then. We have yet to see the Dodgers win a World Series where they survive the 162 games uh, marathon and then go through the postseason. It's great that you win a hundred some games every year. Stop managing like it. Stop managing 
games that matter, like like regular season games. They're not. You can't just say, okay, Kirsch, you're going to go five tonight. Like, no. If he has a feel for his curveball and his slider, leave him out there. Let them do their jobs. That's what the money's for. And conversely, the one time he left a starter in past when the analytics said was Walker Bueller in game three, and that saved that game for us because that bullpen would have been depleted a lot faster if Bueller did not go seven that night. A dominant seven, might I add. The process is rotten. I'm fucking sick of this. Stop with planning postseason games. I, I do feel like James falls right in the center. You know, process is rotten. Well, you can't blame that on Roberts necessarily, but you also can't not blame that. It's, it, it's weird. I don't know. I have to... opinion, I'm very much of the opinion that the manager does not matter. The manager can lose you games. They probably won't win you too many. Um, and, and I'm at this point where, you know, again, we, we live in an age where, again, the, the at some point, there will probably probably be questions about how much the front office has to say about processes within games. Some organizations probably have more say than others in, in terms of what goes on in the dugout. And that's just going to be how it is. And that, that's just, that's just how the game has changed. I, I don't think well, there's a right way one way or another. I, I'd probably say both. A, a one thing I'm going to say I'm saying that, but I, yeah. I don't know. Dave Roberts isn't the one who wasn't hitting with runners in scoring position. That's fair too. Yeah. Yeah. Dave and Roberts yeah, wasn't was the one taking, that we paid a lot of money. Yeah. 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 No. And so like, that's the other part of it is like, if, if, if I think for. Dave Roberts has a, has a flaw, it's that I think he believes in his players a little too much sometimes. And, okay, but what? and, and sorry, good. Freddie, Freddie's had, you know, he almost won a batting title. You know, him, 100, 100 RBIs. Cold. All of them went cold. Mookie went cold. Mookie got what, two hits? Three hits, maybe? In the whole series? In four games? I think Freeman like, was... I thought Freeman had a good he series. He did well. He did well. He, he did like okay, but like, the, but almost like... He's like the only you know, player who did. Him okay, and fine. Freddie's fine. Muncie... You know, Muncie, Muncie took a whole year to get back to where he was, and 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 anyway, but that's a long story. But he's not the like Dave Robbins isn't the one who's swinging the bat in in these high pressure moments. And there's it's really hard to point to. I mean, I said Mookie and stuff like that, but like it is hard to point to exactly where the problem is because they, barring Freddie, as you say, they all underperform. They all massively underperform. Will Smith gets a pass. Will Smith gets a pass because his baby was born, but. That's not on Dave Roberts when these massive, you know, sluggers aren't slugging. When they're, they're well, not stealing on. bases against a pitcher that is known to be shit at stealing at, at keeping bases from being stolen, you know? That's on RBS That's because I watched a lot of takes of very hittable pitches because you want to work counts and get in that bullpen, but that bullpen owned you this series and it's the postseason. Aside from maybe the Phillies, you're not facing a bad bullpen in the postseason. We tried that against the Nationals, and we still had to face a lot of great arms coming out of that bullpen. You will make a bad bullpen work in the postseason. I hated watching them walk, take a couple hitable pitches just so you can get into like a 3-2 count and maybe get in the bullpen. No, that works in the regular season when you're facing some no-name reliever or some triple-A fodder that gets called up later on because... There are injuries. There are always going to be injuries. But if you watch hittable pitches go by in the postseason, you deserve to lose that series. So Roberts is yeah. gone because that seventh inning, I don't know what analytics tell you to use Tommy Canely instead of Blake Trinan or one of your or Yancy Almonte, one of your better arms that inning. I don't know what analytics tell you to leave Evan Phillips in the bullpen to hold a two-run deficit in the eighth inning. I don't know what analytics tell you to pull starters when you do. I don't know what analytics tell you to use a pitcher who's not built upright and gets blasted in the postseason because he throws his fastball over the heart of the plate 10% of the time, as opposed to the starter who has been erratic but looks good. No analytics justify those decisions for me. 
So Roberts is gone. Soyak is gone. He's the other not hitting gone. He's already gone. no. They've already confirmed that he's going to be back. He will be back. May, maybe other yeah, people. They should be gone. Joseph's is world. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. You can fire that entire coaching staff except Mark oh Pryor gosh. because Mark Pryor is oh Jesus to me. What he's We're done. having the same conversation think, in Chicago. Think about this. Yeah, think about I this again in a couple months. I do like okay? Ethan Katz. He's done great work. <laughs> We're having the same conversation in Chicago. We're not all that different after all. You, you are, you are hey, burning. I thought Miguel you are Cairo field, did a great job until they just kind of gave up. This is something you don't recover from unless you clean house top to bottom. And this entire coaching staff. And has I do not think, shown they can get it done. Mark Pryor, do, I'm keeping because the pitchers are really not at fault here. They pitched well in the regular season and the postseason. Since he took over, the staff has been incredible. Everyone else is expendable to me. And, and I do think they're in an awkward situation as a team because you do have a lot going on in terms of roster turnover. Trey Turner's not going to be there. Justin Turner is going to be 37 and he's got like a $16 million option. 38, excuse me. And he has a $16 million option. Um, you have guys in the rotation who probably aren't coming back. You have guys, you have a lot of roster turnover right now. So the Dodgers are going to, what do you do with Cody Bellinger? Do you pay him Auto. almost a $20 million uh, contract or do you DFA him? Like those are the sorts of things where, you could see a lot of roster turnover with this team. And now you have to make the argument, you know, you really got to be sure that, you know, you want Dave Roberts and staff at the helm. And again, there's a lot that could change in in Dodgers nation after this season. Um, I think this was sort of in terms of contention window, like this was your team for a couple of years. Now, you're still the Dodgers, so you still got a crap ton of money. So it's not like the contention window closes; it changes. We've it's also different... got homegrowns coming up. We've got Outman. We've got a we got we right. got so people coming up. We're gonna speed. be okay. Uh, I will I will end this all of this uh, frustration on a, a happy note. Uh, we talked before about how the Dodger Stadium workers were thinking about striking. Uh, they are unionizing, um, and they they did get their pay raises. They got a ten dollar an hour increase, which one is oh, great, wow. but on the two, my God, were they being underpaid if they got, if they agreed to $10. Uh, right. So great, fantastic, um, good news. Um, the rest of it. Good news and what was the Dodgers <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, like I said, before we move on, I do appreciate the fact that Dodgers Digest came out in full support of the LCS, or excuse me, LDS recap and LCS preview episode. A frustrating ending doesn't take away 101 times, or 111 times of joy. Uh, It it feels like it right now. It definitely feels like it right now. And I know like, what's the point if you don't go the whole way? The point is I still had, we had moments of joy. We had, we had some, we talked about beautiful moments of the season, right? Like we, we had some really, really lovely moments and I had times at the stadium. I had times talking with friends. I enjoyed talking to coworkers. You know, my mom watches games now, right? Like I finally converted her. And so like, you know, there's a lot of joy to be found, even if it ends extremely frustratingly. That doesn't mean that we didn't hit it, you know, sing I Love LA 111 times. So I'd rather that oh, than 111 nice. losses. How nice it must be to be a Dodgers fan <laughs> who doesn't live in the middle of enemy territory. <laughs> It's why I've become. Hey, I got heckled so at the fucking Sherman Oaks Ralphs by a Padres fan the day before Game Four. So oh. it's not all that friendly here either. I was they checking exist? tickets at work yesterday. You know how many Padres might... hats I saw. <laughs> you know uh, I had to relive that trauma. Still, still got them stickers on him. I mean, that's the joke. But at the same time, where the hell did all those people come from? You know, I went. Oh. I went to. I went to an A's uh, uh, Padres game a while back, and it, even then, it was all. It was light, uh, and they did not stay. So, whatever. We can take pot shots at the fan base later. <laughs> oh God! I can give you some more good news to talk about, though. At least we don't have to talk about a Padres Braves LCS NLCS matchup. 
No more it shots is, for the rest of the year. Yeah, it is a matchup no one really saw coming. Padres-Phillies. So let's first talk a little bit about the Phillies and what they had to do to take down the Braves on the other side of the LDS bracket. But also, what do we see in terms of what are the keys to this matchup? This this is now one where you basically have, if you're either the Padres or the Phillies, you just have to keep doing what you've been doing consistently. And I think the Phillies are a team that I have sat on here multiple times and said, I don't see how they advance forward. And and here we are. They're bamboozlers, right? Like in a good way. Like they, 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 they get the hits you don't think are going to, you know, the hit you never saw coming. Um, and I, I think this is going to be the most chaotic, series coming up like I literally I have I have no idea who's gonna win this honestly because the 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 Padres are like first of all if they're not hung over right now what's the point right like um so they're coming off a series where they played their heart outs like we've kind of bashed them bit up so like bashed the Dodgers like on the other side they played their heart out um if they have something left in the tank um, cause look what happened when the Dodgers played the giants, you know, like once you slay that dragon, do you have anything left for the final boss that, that you didn't know was there, you know, or wasn't, wasn't thinking about, um, I didn't watch a lot of the, the Phillies Braves, but the highlights I did saw, it was, it was just, they, they just kind of, they get, they bamboozled him. Like they, they were, there were just some nasty pitching on both sides, but the Phillies, like it, it, it was sneaky, nasty. What I saw, right? Like, it wasn't necessarily overpowering. It wasn't necessarily sliding all over the plate. It was just effective, and and that might work really, really well against the Padres, who kind of do thrive in a little bit of chaos. I don't know. I, I actually am going to watch it as you know with a heavy heart, but it's going to be some interesting baseball. And granted, I only watch the highlights, so maybe maybe I'm totally off base. The Phillies did what I expected them to do because I did a lot of jinxing in this postseason, and I am very glad <laughs> I was able to get Philadelphia correct in this series against Atlanta. <laughs> but they were built to capitalize on mistakes. And in that, especially in game three, where like Spencer Strider looked really good for the first two innings, and then he started making mistakes, and the Phillies hit every single one of them. And the thing is, they weren't even all for homers. There were doubles, singles. They did everything right. This hitting has been incredible this postseason. And Nola and Wheeler have been the duo that everyone has dreamed they would be if they ever got to October. And this is what they were designed to do. And they've executed it flawlessly and then some. Yeah. I think this is just a team where, again, pitching has been awesome, but also just the offense has been insane consistently. You're seeing your big guys step up. Bryce Harper continuing to step up, earn that contract. You know, you, you're I, having guys, Castellanos has been big. Gene Segura looked really good towards the back half of that series, too. You're in a place where, again, you still, <laughs> excuse me, you still have to hit your way to victory because you're going up against Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. Then you went up against, or, or excuse me, on, on the Padres, you're going to have to do the exact same thing. Went up against Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. You went up against Julio Arias and the rest of the Dodgers staff. And now you're going to have to go up against Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. And you're going to have to do it again. On the other side of things, you know, the Phillies haven't seen that level of lockdown ace type pitching that we've seen the Padres have to go through. Like knowing that the Cardinals has known that the Cardinals have are going to match up with the Mets offered against the Padres. Same thing with the Braves. I mean, Max Freed is great. Kyle Wright is great, but it's still not a Cyan candidate in Rios and the, the rest of that just insanely deep staff. So this will be a true, true test for the Phillies going against Hugh Darvish and Joe Musgrove and Blake Snell. This is going to be a really interesting test for them. 
I think, again, it's going to have to continue to come down to hitting. Maybe you got the weaker side of the bracket in terms of pitching and you were able to shine with your offense. Now you got to figure out who comes after Nola and Wheeler and who performs well as Ranger Suarez enough. And can you hit your way to four wins now? That I, I Two wins is one thing. Three wins is another. Now we're up to four wins necessary. I, I'm not getting any more optimistic from the Philly standpoint when you're playing the Padres, given the route they've had to go through. Uh, the Phillies just ran into a team in Atlanta, I think, was just exhausted. Uh, they, I mean... Let's look at the last few years. 2020, they're playing deep into the postseason, lose game seven of the NLCS. 2021, they win the World Series. 2022, they pretty much had to play like one of the greatest baseball teams of all time to win the division because they were 10 games out in early June. It's taxing, especially for players like Dansby Swanson and Matt Olson who don't take days off, which I respect, but also it's going to impact. It's going to impact your players. And Ronald Acuna, uh, he might have just surpassed Jaron Duran for the laziest play in the outfield I've ever seen. Like, I could – I – Please, Atlanta, pay me $100 million to stand in right field and do that for you in a playoff game. Please, I'm begging you. Uh, that's all I got to say. All right, let's make the prediction then on this side of the bracket. I think this one is the harder side to predict, even though we don't know one of the teams on the other side of the bracket. But we'll start with Joseph. What would you say for this side? Uh. Phillies in six. It's right, really so hard for me because you have really awesome pieces like Syndergaard and um, Suarez looked good in the division series, but Syndergaard and Suarez cannot come out of the bullpen now because you need one of them to face that third-headed monster in that San Diego rotation known as the hometown hero Joe Musgrove. So it really comes down to who can beat Joe Musgrove. And one of those two is going to have to step up. They've been awesome, and I believe in them. And I think, again, I've just seen this hitting do it off so many great pitchers that have been hot, not hot, Cy Young caliber, future ace in the making. Like, they've done it against everybody this postseason. So I think they're the team that can knock out that three-headed monster and go to... One of the craziest World Series runs ever. Tavi? I don't know. I just want to see the chaos. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like, if... Games. <laughs> I Well, I know, I know. Um, here's the thing. Uh, I was really wrong last time, so who knows. But looking at the past, uh, looking at what's happened... Uh, the Dodgers fought the, um, you know, skin of their teeth um, with the Giants last year and then just got smashed right out in the next uh, round. Uh, the Mets did the same thing and got with Atlanta and got smacked around. Uh, Atlanta, who had a bye, smacked right out, right? Um, I think it depends on how much energy they exerted. Um, I wish we could have gone to five with them just so we could tire out the Padres a little bit more. Um, but I don't know. I, it, I I think the Phillies can do it. And it really does just depend on how much they have left in the tank. And I know they expended a lot of energy trying to slay the dragon again. I'm, that's, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I know that That's sounds really lame. And I, I was, say I, that a lot on this, but I honestly don't. It's, I, I get it. It's got to be hard. The, the only <laughs> reason why the only reason why I would not want them to win has nothing to do with the team itself and everything to do with just how obnoxious some of the fans are. Um, it's it's been real nasty, nasty out there, um, and it's really sad because I guess you know. I, I'm willing to admit there's the beginnings of a rivalry here. 
but it's not a fun one at all. No one's having fun here. You know, for all the animosity between Dodgers and Giants fans at the core of it is respect and this like, you know, we'll get you next time. Rawr! You know, that's not what this is here. There's some real hate here. And I, I don't think that's healthy for the sport. And I don't think that's healthy for either side. So the only reason I would be uh, are for non-baseball reasons and whatever, intangibles, I don't give a <laughs> so just pure chaos james you you eh, you have enough will to pick a favorite glaz <laughs> i'm glad you asked that you know why i consider it to be my job to be an analyst so all the repressed rage that i have towards padres fans and my hatred of Juan Soto and how I want him to be deported like Erlen Holland should be deported from England because he's too fucking good. Like it's not a, it's just because he's too good. Like let him play in Japan. And let's have him. Kill let's, those let's change the, let's players. change the language around that. Cause that's some charge. I understand there. the rhetoric. And that's why I said, it's yeah, he's too uh, good. yeah, but he's you're too really, good you're here. really, you're really pale to be using that word with a, with a player of color. Sorry, just gonna push back on that a little bit. Say, say you want him out of the league. Ta say, say Japan wants should pay him more money. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Erlen Holland should pitch to Juan Soto, and Juan Soto should have to play in net against Erlen Holland. That's what we're going for here. There you go. Mm, fine. Yes. Have you seen Game of Thrones? Glad. No. Which one? Game of Thrones. Yeah, there's a Not House of the Dragon. <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> the TV show Game of Thrones. No. <laughs> Is there an this? There's always an ending, Laz. <laughs> the one with the dragons, yeah. right, James? <laughs> anyway. So it's like an it's like a Mad Lib. Like you either put Phillies or Padres, the word in, and then a number one through seven. Preferably anyway, four through let seven. Me, you have to win let four. me get there, lads. Let me get there. In season four of Game of Thrones, Oberyn Martell decides to fight for Tyrion Lannister in a trial by combat against. The Mountain, Sir, Sir Gregor Clegane. And Oberyn Martell stabs Sir Gregor Clegane. And Sir Gregor Clegane starts to die slowly, but Martell is cocky. And he gets his face bashed in by the Mountain before both of them die. That's what this NLDS was. That's what it was last year when the Dodgers and the Giants played. The Padres have to suffer the slow, painful death. They got stabbed by the Martells, a.k.a. the Dodgers. The Dodgers got cocky. They got their heads caved in. We're about to see the death of the mountain in the NLCS. Pod Padres are going down in six games. The Phillies... Someone's prayers have been answered, man. I said the only way they advance is on a prayer. The prayers have been answered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A convoluted metaphor to say basically what I did about being tired. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> okay. Just checking. <laughs> I'm going to go Padres in six. I just don't <laughs> think the Phillies have a... Um, I don't think the Phillies have a third good enough option to go up against Snell, Musgrove, and um, Darvish. I just I, I think at this point the the lack of um, lack of a third pitcher hurts them, and I think a lack of you know facing some of that ace like competition over the past two series will finally come back for the Phillies. But I'm not excited on either side. This is the matchup of players that should have been White Sox between Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. And I'm not happy either way this ends, except for the narrative sake of, see, we should have signed this guy. So, 
We'll see what happens. Well, I, I think Harper this- NLCS MVP is going to be awesome. So <laughs> no matter who it ends up being, I, I, I have plenty of narratives to run with, and I'm sticking with Padres. Maybe. So many aren't you happy you have Yasmani Grandal and Dallas Keuchel on the payroll next year, though? No, Dallas Keuchel, just Grandal. Isn't he on the payroll still? Dodger legend, they still paying him. Grandal is on the payroll. I thought they, I thought they were still paying that contract out. No, I, uh, I'm quite happy they're not. But let's go to the other side of the bracket. Um, well, we'll start with the only series that we know the ending of, um, at the time of this recording, Houston just took care of business and I really didn't think it would be hard for them. In all honesty, I thought it kind of be like the Mariners grab that third game, just first home game in 21 years. And yeah, that's a pretty shitty way to, to go out in terms of the end of year kind of storybook season <laughs> i mean again i don't we, we had talked about the crowd being a factor these guys have played with hateful crowds for the whole time and i don't think the mariners home advantage crowd was the was was that's not to say that they didn't you know have fun or whatever for a, a little bit um but but i i, I did not think that was going to fa- be a factor at all and i don't think it was uh, Jose Altuve and Christian Vasquez both had a negative zero point five CWPA. One at a time. <laughs> Joseph, go first. <laughs> I'm gonna say that this series was a lot closer than it looked because the Astros did not lead for a lot of it. I contend if Scott Service, or sorry, if Dave Roberts didn't magically transport himself into that dugout at Minute Maid Park in game one, that the Mariners would have won this series. Instead, you pull Robbie Ray out to face Jordan Alvarez because, you know, lefty, lefty, and it's going to be great. And you give up the 3-1 home run. That changed the series. Like, Houston did not look good at all. Mariners looked even worse after game one. So... I was not particularly impressed by either of these teams. So I have a lot of concerns for Houston going into this LCS. Okay, so you don't see Houston being this surefire six-time already straight in the LCS. And you're just kind of like, I'm not really that phased to say, like, yes, this is their series. I guess my question is, is it their series to lose, no matter who comes out of the other side of the bracket? It is their series to lose, don't get me wrong, but you kind of see what happened with Los Angeles and Atlanta and New York to a certain extent. We don't know what's going to happen today, obviously, but all four teams with a bye have not looked inspiring in this postseason. That is true. So Houston will have only played three games in 12 days. It is their series to lose because they have all the talent you know, but when Jose Altuve and Christian Vasquez two good hitters have a 0.5 championship win probability added in game three each. It's not particularly inspiring for their chances going forward. James, what say you? Uh, I'll keep this short. Like the series. Uh, Seattle played well. Houston played better. Uh, if you watch the series, you could tell one team had it been there in 20 plus years, and you could tell that one has been making deep October playoff runs routinely at this point. So I feel bad for the Mariners fans who got drunk and celebrated the first playoff game in Seattle in 20 plus years, right? And then were sobering up by the 18th inning because they had stopped selling alcohol three hours before the, the game ended. That's got to be a tough, tough way to go. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the buy had anything to do with the results. I do I agree it's... with what you had to say about just one team looked like they'd been there before. The other looked like they had not been there before. And it is what it is. I'm sure Seattle will be back, I think. I don't know if you saw some of the pushback from Mariners fans in terms of what Houston tweeted right after they swept them. That was another telltale sign that the team just had not been there <laughs> before that 
this is how teams tweet now. This is how teams act in the playoffs. Like this is how teams act. Period. I mean, this is how teams act. People all the time. It is the. It is okay. Like it's not. It's not as deep as you might think it is. Why can't we just hate teams? Exactly. You're just gonna have to hate each other now. You're division rivals, and one beat you in three games. In the playoffs, the for your first time in for your first time in the playoffs in 21 years, it's over. It's fine, but you could tell, like in many respects, you could tell the Mariners had not been there before, and it's fine. Like they will be back and better next season, and I'm sure that they will relish the opportunity to probably have to play Houston again. That's what Houston. makes rivalries, man. That's what. Yeah. Hopefully, that's what's fueling the Dodgers this off season. Um, that's what rate makes rivalries. Stop trying to be friends with each other all the goddamn time. You're supposed to hate each other sometimes. Right. And that's what Houston and It goes too Seattle far so often, though. It goes way too far so often, especially online. Uh, you're also a guy. Sorry not to bring this up, but uh, they tend to go after women a lot more often. In fact, just now there's someone uh, who is being bullied off of Twitter right now as we speak uh, for being female in the Dodgers stand. So... Anytime you can, like, animosity, rivalry is fine. Hatred is not. <laughs> That's fair. I, I, I think it's a, it's a you different world. Sure cross- <laughs> you got to make sure you're not crossing the line. And my point was more so yeah. that the, the tweets surrounding it. I, I don't know if anyone saw them, the, the Houston ones, where it was like, see you next year or whatever. I'm like, That's not crossing any sort of line. That, that is what it is. Nope. That's what it was about. Because no I was staring yeah. at that tweet for like five minutes and I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, there was so, a lot of butt no hurt. Issue with it. That, yeah. There was a lot of butt hurt that I people like, just don't like the Astros too. Right, the line that Tevi, like you're mentioning, like I don't think that yeah. line had been crossed, and I was yeah. like, hey, just. I mean, this, this the, is- the other the other part of it is that like Rob Manfred like put them Let's in open go. season, right? Like they said right. that the shame of it will be enough, and so I fans are gonna fans are gonna latch onto that, right? And the other, the other frustrating thing is like they've maybe not had quite as many playoff runs, but they don't have the same choking narrative that the Dodgers do, and they've won about the same amount of World Series in roughly you know the past couple years, ish. Um, and so, you know, it's very fresh. That that to me is a frustrating narrative of like they don't get painted with the same brush as as some other teams that choke in the playoffs, even though their record is you know, just as body. Um, but when it comes down to uh, the sentimental person in me wants the guardians to go all the way, because again, I've said it before, I want them to be rewarded for being less racist. Um, I, I don't know if the guardians can beat the Astros. I think the Yankees can. Um, we'll see. I, I, and I do want to talk a little bit about um the Guardians Yankees series. I, I think mm-hmm. now we're at game five. We're at ish. A likely <laughs> game five ish. We're almost there by the time you're listening to this. Um, I guess Bieber's available for the Guardians, but Bieber's not starting tomorrow. It'll be Aaron Savali. It'll be Nestor Cortez for the Yankees. I think the advantage directly goes to New York. I'm not sure what Cleveland's thinking. To have that extra day and not reset your rotation. I've been wrong about Cleveland before. I'll probably be wrong again. But I'm at this point where if you're not going to reset your rotation, you're already putting yourself at a disadvantage after already being at a disadvantage of having to play in New York. So... I mean, I, I, but it's a hot, it's a hot mess. They're not the tickets. I don't know if we, you guys have brought it up, but like they're not refunding tickets. They're not doing anything like that. So like it, it's going to, the, the crowd is going to be angry tomorrow. Also the secondary mm-hmm. market right now is just going, I'm sure just absolutely ape shit. Cause people got work to do, you know? Um, so I, I, I the crowd's going to have an interesting vibe talking about crowd vibes. Uh, some of them are going to be extremely thrilled and some of them are going to be, you know, hiding from Jumbotron cameras because they're pulling a sickie. So <laughs> it'll be interesting. I think if Aaron Judge looks like he did in New York for those first two games of the series, this crowd is going to turn very, very quickly 
because the Yankees fans that I know and I talk to in my personal life all thought the series was over after game three. And hmm. Garrett Cole basically is the lifeguard and pulled this team from drowning in the ocean yep. and is like, okay, I got you to game five. Do your jobs from here. But that Aaron, was an impressive outing. Yeah. Aaron Boone has not been particularly impressive in how he's handled this um, bullpen, and you've kind of seen it and how Cleveland has won their two games in this series thus far. So you need Nestor to be very, very impressive. And we need Aaron Judge to stop missing the pitches that he was destroying over the summer for the Yankees I mean, to have a chance here. You're at this point where if you're in New York, you're still looking at this series like we shouldn't even be here. Like we, we should be preparing to play Houston right now. Like we gave away game three with poor communication between our players and our coaching staff. Like I, I at this point, you're like, you, you still have the advantage because you're home. You have your starter on the mound that you want on the mound and this rainout helped some of your guys, like Wandy Peralta, who had been used three games in a row, I believe. Like, now he got a day off. And now you don't have to question, is he going to be effective? Is he not? Clay Holmes, whatever the situation is there. He's at least rested. He doesn't have to go back-to-back now. It'll be interesting. He made an A-Rod joke. What? He made a joke about A-Rod going to the Yankees, and Aaron Boone got mad. <laughs> Either way, you get to the point where... He just practice. Um, you get to the point where I still think it's advantage Yankees and I, I, I do think they still pull it out. I said Yankees in three. I was wrong. The Cleveland magic is still there. Um, and I know Yankees fans, including one of our producers and managing editor Peyton has seen the frustration of playing the guardians, try doing it 19 times a year. Um, <laughs> and then see how you feel. But I still think the Yankees pull it out. But in terms of predictions, I guess we'll do it both ways. Um, if the Yankees win, what's your prediction? If the Guardians win, what's your prediction for the uh, ALCS? We'll go the other way around. We'll start with James this time. <clears throat> uh, first things first, Garrett Cole did what Garrett Cole's supposed to do when you have a $324 million contract, and that's yep. pitch like an ace when your team absolutely needs you to. Uh, he's the only reason this series didn't end for New York sooner. I'm still going to say Yankees in five. Uh, it feels like Francona is trying to outsmart Aaron Boone by starting someone who hasn't thrown a pitch in weeks over a former Cy Young winner and your ace. So, universe is going to get you, but if they don't... Uh, Astros in five. Um, and if the Yankees win, Astros in five. Um, I'm making this prediction pretty biased. I'm not going to lie. Once the uh, Dodgers lost, I I kind of don't have any stakes other than Astros to win the American League. So um, I have <laughs> some money on the Astros. <laughs> I have money on the Astros to win the, the American League. I'll just put that out there. So I'm not going to go against my money at this point because the wall is the only reason I'm watching still. Well, at the end of the day, we're a show with our morals, and we always have our unbiased opinions. Tavi, your I thoughts? I mean, I'm proving it myself. This is an all-time uh, performance from me. Yikes. <laughs> I already said I think if the Guardians go – Astros win if the if the Yankees go I I think the Yankees can take them I again it's another situation where I just I don't I don't care <laughs> I as a Dodgers fan I don't want good things for the we're Astros almost an hour team. into this I'm glad we've made so. it to this point truly without just combusting <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm I, I, the, the one thing I'm a little sad is that Josh Naylor won't see Garrett Cole again um because that, that was, was phenomenal funny. That was phenomenal. <laughs> and again, that's I liked Cole's response. <laughs> yeah. I, like, yeah, I, I, the whole I situation. Won the game. We Cole won the game. Who cares? I, I respect the, the whole situation is just it's not drama that concerns me, so it's <laughs> it's drama I'm okay to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No one just, no one's yeah. I don't think anyone's truly, truly upset here. So No. 
Joseph, your thoughts? I think New York takes game five. If they don't, I'll say Houston in four, despite how rough it's been for them. If the Yankees win as I expect them to, I think they will win the series in seven. Interesting. So I'm going to say Astros in five if Cleveland wins. I'm going to say Astros in six if New York wins. I just, I have a hard time betting against the Astros based on these so teams. Do I. Some of the managerial decisions, <laughs> in some of the managerial decisions we've seen from um, both Cleveland starting Savali and um, New York, just in terms of their bullpen management. So. It feels like Cleveland is like saving Shane Bieber for a game that may never come. That's exactly That's- how it feels. And the Mets tried to do that with Jacob deGrom and it it didn't really work out for them. Like they won the start he had, but what's the point in saving your best pitcher for a game that may never come? Use your best bullets when you can. Right. No, I agree with that. Figure it out tomorrow. That's what the money's for. Right. Figure what it out when that time comes. But Tito's as we get got ready more to... money than I'll ever make. So. <laughs> as we get ready to close out here, there is one other thing I wanted to bring up that I forgot to bring up during the Dodgers funeral segment. Um, all of the conversations from a lot of LA beat writers or LA reporters surrounding this is why the MLB playoffs suck. And this is why we need to do something different about the playoffs. Your thoughts. You had the dream matchup you wanted this. If I picked one team for the division series, I would have picked the Padres. You went 14 and five against them in the regular season. You own this team. This team was yours to beat, and you lost. I don't think that you necessarily have to change the playoffs because the baseball playoffs have always been and will always be a crapshoot. That's why I love them. But to say, like, oh, the Dodgers would have won if they played. Do you think we would have beat the Phillies? No. The Phillies would have kicked our ass and beaten us in three. The Cardinals would have beaten us in four. The Mets would have beaten us in five, the way we played. You have to show up and beat who's in front of you. The teams who do that are champions. I'm sorry. The Mariners didn't win the World Series in 2001. The Dodgers didn't deserve to win the World Series in 2022. That's a very fair statement. Tavi, James, any thoughts on that before we head out? I hate participation trophies. And that's what it feels like they were saying because they were bitter that they lost to the fucking Padres. Uh, look. I'm sorry for reopening these wounds. Look, it's basically Christmas Day for like 27 fan bases when the Dodgers lose. It's I, I've grown used to people trying to pick that wound. Anyway... Play better. Just fucking play better. People are going to try and say, well, the buys aren't that good for the I'm sorry, Did they see the Rocky series? The Rocky series that we just absolutely took a dump the whole time? So it's not, it wasn't the buy. I barely watched that series. <laughs> yeah, so, so did the Dodgers. I mean, <laughs> at what point can they just look at themselves and say they just didn't play well fucking play better i don't know what else. you got the advantages you didn't use them play better you got the buy the met the padres didn't play better that's my general take on it so <clears throat> i mean fuck you the- for thinking there should be a participation trophy I, I don't must like have the... been the unathletic kid in PE class. <laughs> I was. I didn't care that I didn't get a ribbon. <laughs> you got to be the best. You got to beat the best to be the best. To be saved, James, from himself. No one loves being bitter more than Dodgers beat writers. 
and they are usually nice. bitter about the Dodgers. Now they found a reason to be bitter about something else. So I, the the grand percentage of them I don't read because it is just vitriol and um, sometimes just outright bile. Um, so every everything they say I take with a grain of salt. Um, and then a margarita, and then I stop reading after about four paragraphs if I get it that far. Um, so I, I, I just again, I find it funny that the own they they themselves did not understand their own playoff uh, math when they declared the Dodgers, you know, in a game too soon. Um, I think they're I I you know you know what this really was was more postseason money right why do you think they're not refunding tickets in new york because they want the money right um ownerships love the ownership loves this because they get more money i think it's i i love that all of the the first round series were as almost as short as possible right like they didn't get that extra revenue they didn't get that ticket money that did not pan out the way they thought it was going to mm -hmm. but that's that's at the heart of this that's what that is it's more money for more teams it's more broadcast deals it's more revenue that you're just not gonna see put on the field for a lot of these teams um so i'm against the the the, the playoff format not just for participation trophies but because it's it's to it's to line pockets um and you know deserve not deserve we can we can go back and forth on that all day I think I think in the end the playoffs should be the best teams, or else why are you playing 162 games? Um, but never never lose sight of the fact that this was agreed to so readily um, by ownership because it it is much more revenue generating than the old than the old um, format. I'll just leave with this. Did anyone say this when the 107-win Giants had to face the 106-win Dodgers while the Brewers had a what was supposed to be an easy vacation of a division series against the 88-win Braves while the 200-win teams played an instant classic of a division series that tied them out for the championship series? No. But because you lost your big market Mets, your big market Dodgers, and your big market Braves, now we're having this conversation. If it was the Phillies, the Padres, or the Royals that got knocked out in this way, not a peep out of anybody. Blogs will always be better. That's my take on the journalistic <laughs> Blogs will always be better. I don't know why people still go to... They thought they were going to be employed till November, and they got to make up shit in between, right? There are some good journalists out there. Athletic's a good one. Places like that. Nine times out of ten, though. They stood way too. They stay in way too behind uh, domestic violence abusers. Uh, and, like way same, too behind. So, I just think blogs will always be better. Journalists, you know, they have to take the five thousand foot view because they're being paid to take the five thousand. It's not even just that. It's the. It's the. I'm pretty sure most of them hate baseball and or the Dodgers or both. It's how they write um, about the game. It's how they <laughs> Did you ever listen to any of their write about the game? Yeah. Did you ever listen to any of their spaces on Twitter? Like when they would just like be it they were so negative and so dismissive and so like they would have a fan on to kind of make fun of them. Some of them. It, I, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. So no. I think uh, I have lots of words, but none of them. That's are. Mine. None of them are great. But that's going to wrap it up as we talk about the end of Diamond Digest's blog and the work we've done here uh, for this week in baseball. So thank you again to Dodgers Digest, Joseph, Tavi, and James uh, for bearing through this episode and talking about another um, round of the playoffs. And again, by the time this is coming out, we, yeah, you still won't know who is uh, facing the Astros. But hopefully um, they treat us to an exciting game before the NLCS starts later today. So make sure to follow us at Diamond underscore Digest on Twitter, Diamond Digest on Instagram, um, TikTok. I don't know what it is. I think it's just Diamond Digest. I think we finally figured our 
crap out and stopped with all the hyphenation. Diamond-Digest.com is the website. We didn't figure our crap out there. Uh, make sure to follow all of our incredible writers. Make sure to follow our team um, over on the website and all the work that's being put out. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, James has an article going out tomorrow, or excuse me, today, um, recapping sort of the Dodgers season. Again, make sure to continue. That's, a, that's the nice way of putting it. It's a scathing yeah. review of their yeah, playoff it disappointment. It wasn't very nice when I read it, but I'm also not. That's the fans. point. <laughs> but that is going to well, do it for us, folks. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Um, we'll be on in next week or whenever the LCS ends to preview the World Series. So we're down to our last two episodes or so. Um, Tavi, any final thoughts? Remember, coming up uh, during the offseason, we'll be having Baseball Neighborhood, uh, which it'll be yes. uh, the tagline is a Dodgers fan uh, fan podcast about the other 29 teams. I've got a couple episodes up. Uh, the new format's going to be way tighter, way nicer, um, less rambly for me in the beginning about apparently not many people care about the deep history of some teams. But hey, I won't be bitter about it. We'll still talk. Uh, baseball so we've got uh we've got for sure uh giants lined up we've got yankees lined up we've got a couple really great teams having trouble finding a padre fan right now i'm sure we'll fix that soon uh but uh but we've got we've got we've we've got all we've got some really cool guests lined up um some really interesting perspectives and um you know gonna hear what the fans think about the season because at the end of the day the fans are the ones that the players uh kind of answer to and the French in theory. <laughs> in theory. Yes. In theory. But <laughs> no, yes. Once this week in baseball ends for our final few episodes, we then transition to full support of Tavi's work with baseball neighborhood. And so make sure to tune in for that as well. So thank you as always for supporting for the bitter three Dodgers fans that we have tonight. This is Jordan Lazowski signing off. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the ALCS and NLCS. And we will talk to you real soon. Take care and thanks as always for your support.